Good morning, brothers and sisters. I said, good morning, brothers and sisters. My name is Marcel Hall. It's an honor and a privilege always to preach God's word. And I'm excited uh, today. Had a great time uh, going to a graduation yesterday as Daisy Thomas got her master's degree from Chapman University. And I know, uh, I know we have a lot of uh, graduates coming up. We celebrate on high school, all our seniors who are graduating. And I know at Cal State Fullerton, a number of people are graduating uh, this week as well. And so I think next week we're going to go ahead and uh, honor uh, here at service all the college graduates. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, continue uh, with our worship here by getting into God's word. Are you ready for God's word this morning? All right. Well, I'm excited here for tonight. You know, I also have to say this. My son had his last uh, baseball game. He wants me to make sure I say baseball, not T-ball. Okay, so he's five years old. And apparently he gets mad if you call it T-ball. And it is T-ball. But hey, man, I respect his wishes. And so we had we had a, uh, uh, I, I, you know, I really am proud, I have to say. And not of him, but of me. <laughs> Because now he's been playing for several, you know, his last year, then he played football, and now he played baseball again. And you know what I've done, y'all, church? I have not embarrassed you, myself, or my family over the last couple of years. I know that's a big feat right there. Ben didn't think I could do it, but I did, okay? I have not been that crazy father who's doing all kind of crazy stuff, embarrassing their kids. I'm going to leave that up to Kyle, okay? Once Kyle has a kid, I'm going to let him do that. But I have not embarrassed y'all. So you'd be like, ooh, that's not our minister, okay? Amen? So I was able to do that for the last couple of years. Lord willing, I'll be able to continue. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, let's conclude here our series that we started several weeks ago called Made for More. And we're discovering God. God's plan for our lives. And so to recap, we want to go ahead and let you know some of the things and remind us some of the things that we've learned and studied from God's word. And one of the things is that we realize that we are made for God's purpose. And that's that's important. As you discover God's plan, we have to start off. We are made not for our own purpose, but for God's purpose. And so it's not about what we were made for, but who we were made for. Many times we think I'm made for this as opposed to I'm made for this being the creator of the universe. And so we saw how all of that, the main purpose is a relationship with God. And then we saw how we're made more than just to exist, but we're made to have an impact here in this world. And then last week, Daniel showed us how we are made for more when it comes to our relationships. And so today we're going to be talking about how we are made for more than money, sex, possessions, and titles. We are made for more than money, sex, possessions, and titles. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be filled up spiritually. God, it's been encouraging, it's been refreshing to sing out songs to you, to encourage one another, to hear your power, to hear a perspective from Anna. And God, we are grateful already, but God, I pray right now that your message may be communicated clearly. And Father, that we all walk away with a deeply rooted, unshakable conviction about who we are made for and a part of being made of your or for your purposes. In the name of Jesus, amen. 
Amen. So let's go ahead. Let me start off with this question, though. And I want you guys to answer this uh, uh, in your rows with the people sitting next to you. When it comes to living the best life or your best life or the good life, what does that look like? Okay, for you, what is the good life look like? So go ahead amongst your people right there. Go ahead. And if you're online, please put in the chat. What is the good life to you? Okay. all right. Let's get a couple people to share. Uh, What are some of the things that you guys listed that you consider to be the good life? What's the good life in your opinion? Yes, Jason. Being around people who who love you. Okay, that's the good life. All right, yes. Okay, so spending time with all your family. All right, until... That moment which you don't want all your family around you, right? There you go. Look, her husband's like, yeah, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, yes, sir. Living for yourself, for your family, for God, yes, sir. Living in harmony and living stress-free. Wouldn't that be a nice life, live stress-free? I heard somebody over here say debt-free. They're like, that's a good life, that debt-free life. There you go. Okay, one more in the back. Yes. Relationships allowing people to serve me and being able to serve others. Is that, is that what you said? Okay, good, good. All right, Brian, was your, was your hand up? Yes. Being content. That's the good life. Okay, all right, all right. Here we go. We'll, we'll go one more. Go ahead, Carrie. A sense of inner peace. Okay, all right, Marcus, go ahead, man. You, you get one. A purposeful life. Okay, all right, I want you to keep those in mind because I know also some of the things, and I know maybe in this context we, we decided to get a little more spiritual, but I know there were some things you were thinking of too as well, like, ooh, a bigger house, a nicer car. You know what, that vacation, mmm, boy, oh boy, I would love it. Let's be honest. Can we be honest? We're in church. We're not supposed to be lying because the Lord is always watching. So I know all those things were included, but I know some of those things you would think would provide what? That inner peace that, that well, maybe none of them would provide stress-free, but we, we were thinking some of those things, right? And I'm not saying any of that's bad, but let's be honest, too, that we include those things as well. So I want you to take mental note, okay, because we're going to come back to that question, And I want us to look over here at Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And the the book of Ecclesiastes traditionally is is attributed to King Solomon. And Solomon was a king for the nation of Israel, part of God's chosen people. And he became the wisest man and did really some phenomenal, like, uh, administrative work for the nation. And so he really became uh, not only known in his nation, but throughout the local nations around him and was very wise and did a lot of stuff. And so I, I tend to think that he actually wrote this book. But regardless, it's someone who was either a king or along the lines of uh, the royalty in, in, in the nation there, had a lot of money and experienced a lot of stuff. So in this book, he kind of shares observations about life so that we can see and really hits on all kind of major aspects of life. And so that's the context here in which we read Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Church, are you with me? Okay, all right. So let's go to chapter 2 and verse 1. It reads, I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. 
Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly. That means foolishness. My mind still guided me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during a few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well. The delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Wow. Solomon says he went after everything, money, sex, possession, titles, but says it was meaningless. It was like chasing after the wind. Have you ever chased after the wind? I got one person who says, yep. Most of us wouldn't think about chasing after the wind, right? Why? Because it is literally what? Impossible. You can't chase and catch up to the wind. You can't grab it. You can't stop the wind. You can't hold on to the wind like, I got your wind. You can't do any of that, right? So the idea of chasing after the wind we know is futile. It doesn't make sense because it's impossible. And he says, all these things that I went after in my life, it was like chasing after the wind. So then we go to the close of the book, and here's what he says. These are the final things he says. Actually, chapter 12, I'm not sure why it says two. I do know why. That's my mistake. All right, here we go. Now, all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. After all the things that he shared about for these 12 chapters, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. Solomon comes to this conclusion that we are made for more. He comes to the conclusion that it's really all about God, and we are made for more than what the world offers, values, advocates, or promotes. I love the way C.S. Lewis said this. He said this. He says, if we find ourselves with the desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. If the things on this earth if the things that we value, if they don't truly satisfy, then the most logical explanation then is that, you know what? We weren't made for this world. We were made for something more. And we all know God, even Ecclesiastes says that God has placed in every person's heart eternity. And so we know God's purposes is an eternal relationship with his creation. And so this other world that we know we live for, that's what we're really designed for. We're designed to start here, but it's supposed to be for all eternity with God the Father. And, you know, we can come to the same conclusion when we break things down and we use just a little bit of logic. Can we use some logic here this morning? Those who know me know I'm I'm very logical. 
And so I want to use some logic here this morning as we break down this idea that we are made for more than money, sex, possessions, and titles. Church, are you still with me? Because let's be honest, our media, our culture, our subcultures, whether uh, where we live or or even culturally billboards, you have a phone, you have a, you've been on the Internet, you've been on online or you've been on TV. And what's promoted to us? Money, sex, possessions, titles and achievements. Isn't that the world we live in here in America, especially in the good old O.C.? And you know what I know? I fully embrace this. I feel like I was similar to Solomon. I'm going to make sure I deny my heart no pleasure. And I was fully engulfed in this as well as I know many of us were as well. Now, let's also mention this, that all these things in and of themselves aren't necessarily bad, but they're only part of life. And they can actually become great when they're in their proper context. You guys hear what I'm saying? Money itself isn't bad, but money out of its proper context can become destructive. Let's use this as an example. I was talking about my kids earlier, or one of my kids there. So one of my other kids, I I will leave nameless. One of my kids, we did a little basketball clinic several years ago. And we did the basketball clinic, and afterwards, well, it's a she, because we already know it was a couple years ago, so here we go. She says, yeah, I only did it for the snacks. (laughs) And was really proud of herself. Yeah, Papa, Mama, I only did basketball clinic for the snacks. Well, I'm glad to hear that because those snacks were a lot cheaper than us paying for this clinic. We didn't have to spend the time on this clinic for you to get a couple snacks. You guys get what I'm saying? She looked at this whole thing as the whole point was for the end of it so that she can get some snacks. Missed the whole thing about dribbling and shooting and passing. Missed all of that so that she can get a couple snacks and Cheez-Its or something like that. But the sad thing is we can look at these things just like she looked at the snacks. Money, sex, possession, titles. That's what life's about. And miss what it really is about. You see, you and I can fall victim to this, and maybe we've come out of it, or maybe we're still in it, or maybe we're being enticed and dragged away again to fall victim to this. Church, are you still with me here? But see, the problem is when we think about this, we're actually settling for less when we chase after one of these things because then we reduce life being all about one of them. So let's break it down a little bit here, all right? Money. You know, money is man-made. And it's used in order to barter. It's used to exchange. So just even that on itself, you go, money isn't divine. So we know it can't be a part of God's divine plan because it's man-made. So even that lets us know that our whole life can't be about something man-made. You guys get what I'm saying? But if life is about becoming rich, then you know what? Most people die never Reaching the reason for their existence. Because if life is all about money, then most of us, we have no, we would never ever reach the point in which our existence makes any sense. We missed out on it because we didn't achieve what life is supposedly about. Sounds like we're chasing after the wind. 
Let's go ahead. Let's talk about sex here for a second. Now, first off, sex is from God and sex is awesome, especially when it's in its proper context. So I know we're talking about sex in church. Ooh, he shouldn't have said sex. Oh, my goodness. I said it. God made sex. Put that on your Instagram reel. <laughs> but in its proper context, it's used properly. And there's even spiritual aspects of it. We won't get into all that right now. But let's think about this for a second. Is life's aim truly have intercourse with as many people or as many times as possible? Is that life's aim? That's what we were created? Does that make any sense? But that's what we're fed every day, right? I saw a cologne commercial. I'm like, I thought this was cologne. It sure don't look like it's about cologne. But let's be honest. I'm going to just share something here again. Y'all might be offended. Hey, man, it's all good. I'll get canceled anyway. All right. So <laughs> if life is all about sex, then be honest here with you, okay? So when you get to a certain age in which you can't have sex really the same way or as many times, I guess you should just go ahead and croak and die. Because if your whole life is supposed to be about sex and then you reach a point which you can't, then there's no point in living anymore. Do you guys get what I'm saying? You go, that doesn't make any sense. It's chasing after the wind. Let's go ahead. Let's talk about possessions. Are you still with me, church? Possessions. Again, mad main things. Life is really about something that some other man, woman created. You know, I love this verse in Proverbs 27. It says, death and destruction are never satisfied. And neither are human eyes. Isn't that so true? Things, possessions, they never satisfy and they're never fulfilled because what do you want? You always want more. Hey, I want to be a millionaire. And then when you become a millionaire, I guess I want two million. I want more. I got that car. You know what? But after a couple of years, I need another car. I got this nice TV, but now they came out with a larger screen TV. So we're never, ever really fully satisfied, are we? We keep what? Chasing after the wind. Let's go on over. Let's talk about titles here for a second. We're talking about achievements, trophies, plaques, certificates, degrees, recognition from work. Again, not all these are wrong, but again, they have to be in the proper context. And so if we think about this, if our life is all about titles, us having a name or recognition or an achievement, that means that our whole value is based on what we can do. And so if that's the case, then when we go after this, what does it produce? We compare ourselves to others. Do I have an achievement? Do I have this? Do I have this title? Whatever the case may be. And if we have greater, more, then what do we do with everybody else around us? We look down upon them. Producing what? Arrogance. And then if we have less when we compare, I don't have that title, I don't have that achievement, what do we do now? Well, now we feel insecure and disappointed about our existence. Does that make sense? Is this logical? No, because it's chasing after the wind. So we can understand Solomon then when he says, look, I've done all these things, and you know what? It, 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 it didn't satisfy. Nothing was gained under the sun. You see, and if we really look at these things, if we, if we, if we take a step back and we go, you know, let's go a little deeper with what's being communicated with this. 
is that we realize that this is really all about being egotistical or self-indulgence. Because that's what we're talking about. The more money I can have, boost up my ego. Sex is self-indulgence. It's about me. Possessions, again, either self-indulgence or ego titles, whatever the case it may be. It's all about ego and selfishness. This is modern-day version of hedonism in which you, life is all about pleasure and removing all pain. And so is that what life's all about? Does that make sense by far? No. And so the scriptures reveal truth. And as we break down the truth and we look at it logically, we see, yes, this is all chasing after the wind. The thing is, these are lies from demonic forces. These are lies from Satan to get us off course. Look at what this verse says. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. It's talking about Satan here and how the enemy wants to reduce your life down to being nothing more than a consumer, obsessed with what you earn and what you own. But you and I were made for more. If we follow this thinking, then we'll never, ever go after the true purpose of God. And that's God's purposes. That's a relationship with him. That's an impact. That's having relationships that have depth and spirituality. And that's also glory. See, the other thing here that we learn is that we are made for glory. Made more than just ego, self-serving, or pleasure, but we are made for glory. Well, what do you mean, Marcel? Well, check out these verses here. I've given them, this is Jesus, and he's praying right before he goes upon the cross, and he prays for his, his followers, but then he prays for those who would believe through his followers. So guess who that applies to? You and me today in 2023. And he says something here. He says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate, or it could be translated reflect, the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. What are we saying here? What are we extracting from all this? Is that this glory that I'm referring to is not our glory, but his glory. It's not about our glory, but his glory, to see his glory, to experience his glory, and then to reflect his glory. You see, we were made for more than what the world values. We were made for glory. So no matter where you're at in life or how you may think or compare it or you've been, been deceived and crushed by life and the things that we've mentioned, God is saying a message to you, you were made for more than that. You don't have to live in discouragement and disappointment. You don't have to feel less because I made you for glory. To see the glory, to experience his glory, and then to reflect his glory. And this is way more fulfilling and lasting than money, sex, possessions, and titles. Why? Because it's part of our design. And because it's for another world, it's eternal. And so how should we respond? Well, I believe we have to remember that we are made for more. 
You know, some of us maybe didn't know that before today. And hopefully it's starting to make some sense. And if it hasn't already or you're like, I, I, I need to learn some more, then, then, man, I'd love for you to be able to get into some Bible studies and figure out more about what God's plan is for your life. And I encourage you to set that up today. But for some of us, we do know this. But the challenge is that our hearts and our lives don't match our knowledge. And so we know this truth. But what we are really desiring and what our lives look like, they don't match what we know to be true about faith in Jesus. And so even if we think back to some of those best life or the, the, the good life scenarios, we know some of those things included some self-absorbing dreams. Again, not saying all oh, that's bad, but when we drive around certain neighborhoods or where we are, we think that's the good life. And some of us, again, have been enticed and slowly being dragged back into believing these lies. And so we're trying to keep up with the Joneses when it comes to our finances. We're trying to keep up with the Joneses when it comes to houses and cars and vacations. And so we're working hard and we're sacrificing maybe our family, the spiritual family, so that we can prove ourselves to be successful either in our eyes or in the world's eyes. And so therefore we seek these things more then we seek God's glory. But God's promise, encouragement, mercy, and grace is reminding us that today we can remember our purpose. Today we can step out of that and enter into what God truly has in store for us, a life that is a life to the full. And so we can go ahead and remember we're made for God. We're made for an impact. We're made for relationships that were made for glory. And, you know, if you have this in mind, this puts life into perspective. Because just imagine if you lived out your purposes just this week, what would that do? How would that affect your mood? If you lived out God's purpose, you remember his purposes, what impact would it have on your gratitude and contentment this week? How might it influence your peace and anxiety? How would it affect your decision making? Would you still chase after the facade or the unfulfilling? How would it influence your relationships? And lastly, how might it change your life for the better? So let's get real practical then. Can we do that, church? So we got one action step here this week here. And here it is. Pray every day, just one Monday through Sunday or Sunday through Monday or whatever days I'm talking about. Pray every day this week to remember and to live out God's purposes. Let's just do it this week. Let's just try every day this week to remember and to pray about and to live out God's purposes in our lives. And let's see the influence and effect it will have. God has made us for more. He made us for a relationship with him. He made us to have an impact upon this earth. He made us to have true relationships of depth. And he's made us 
for glory. Let's close out in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. Brethren, says, I pray that we may remember and live out the fact that we are made for more. Amen.